Hey everybody, it's Alexander Dahl with Manifest Vitality once again. Uh, so I have another interview ready to go. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into this one. There's plenty more to go, so we'll just uh, keep on going through them. All right, here you go. All right, so I'm currently on the phone with Ryan. He's another musician that reached out to me about the current interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the chance to introduce himself. Hey, well, yeah, my name is Ryan Bale. Um, I am an alternative rock artist who's currently based out of L.A. I just released a single called Out of My Head, and two weeks from today I have another single uh, called One Night coming out. Awesome. So I always like to start at the beginning. So what was it about music that you first identified as something that you wanted to participate with and have in your life for the rest of your life? Well, it kind of started like there, there was just there was one Christmas um, when I was growing up. I like got Guitar Hero 3 <laughs> and I was playing that a lot. And then my dad was like, you want to see someone who can really play the guitar? And then he introduced me to, to Led Zeppelin. Mm. Um, when I saw Jimmy Page playing guitar, I'm, I was just like, I want to do that. Sure. That's cool as shit. Um, yeah, and so that kind of got me started. And then like, um, I joined my local school rock. Um, you know, met a bunch of other musicians there. Started form bands and booking shows. and Yeah, yeah. And then I went off to Berkeley College of Music. Mm -hmm. um, stayed in Boston for like a year after I graduated. And, and then I came here. Awesome. So you kind of mentioned there that you uh, initially picked up guitar and started learning that way. You know, how long do you think it was before you first picked up a guitar and then when you felt comfortable actually like writing with it and creating with the instrument? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that that kind of like developed over time because I've been writing songs for, for a long time. Like I've been writing songs like in the context of uh, like, you know, like a, the band I had like my freshman year of high school, like I was the lead singer of. But then after that, I just kind of like went to the role of lead guitar player for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of wanted to write the harmony. I didn't really want to focus on the lyrics. Sure. I was sort of self-conscious about my voice. Um <laughs> But, you know, then last year after COVID, um, the band I was in was kind of fizzling out and there were no live shows. I needed some sort of way to just get it out. Mm -hmm. So I, I started like just kind of honing in on my songwriting and teaching myself production. And it just has been like so fulfilling. So, yeah, I've been I've been writing songs for a long time, co-writing with people, but mm -hmm. I've only been doing like my own solo stuff since uh, since last year. Sure. So uh, you did kind of mention that you uh, did participate and work with some other musicians and formed a band previously. Um, so what would you say is kind of your ideal uh, concept and makeup of a band? Uh, what do you mean by that? So, like, would you rather be, like, a solo artist uh, performing just by yourself? Or do you want, like, you know, two guitars and a bass and a drummer? Or, like, you know, 20 people on stage all playing a different instrument? Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, I could have, like, a five-piece band and a horn section to tour with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but right now, um, I've got a little power trio lined up, so... Um, it's going to be me on guitar and synth, and then my friend Brad uh, mm -hmm. playing bass, handling some like aux keys stuff, and mm -hmm. then um, my other friend Axel is going to be on the drums. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I'm making recorded music, I, I'm trying not to think about how I'm going to recreate it live too much. I just mm -hmm. I want the recorded version to be the best version of what it can be, mm -hmm. and then like. Um, 
you know, when you go for the live show, it's like, you know, if people want to listen to your song on Spotify, they could do that. When sure. they're going to see you play live, you know, they want like something a little different, like, a, you know, an, an experience. Definitely. So that kind of ties into uh, my next question about, you know, how did you kind of originally identify, you know, the concept and the, the voice and the content of the things that you wanted to write about? I just kind of wrote about whatever felt natural to write about i mean like it's it's sort of been therapy in some ways because mm-hmm. like sometimes through writing a song i'll be like wait shit i didn't realize i was feeling that <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know a lot of times like i use this method of writing lyrics where like i just like i have some music written out maybe like i have recorded some guitar tracks in logic or whatever mm-hmm. and then i just hit record and sing the first things that come to mind mm-hmm. and the stream of consciousness like after a few times like I'll just kind of get these good initial thoughts and then I can go and edit them later. But like, I really like working orally that way where Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm singing it and I'm hearing it um, as I'm trying to figure out what it is. Like, that's just kind of how I've always like, you know, conceptualize music sure definitely so uh i mean that's a a very natural songwriting process and so along those lines how was it when you kind of uh started working with the other musicians that you started recording with and everything um how how was the process of introducing them into your creative process well i mean like when i was 11 and i played with other people for the first time like we might have sounded like shit but like to me it was just like the greatest feeling ever Mm -hmm. um of just like oh my god we're making music um you know like uh you know you got to keep that that initial spark alive sure definitely um, for sure but um yeah i mean you know bands always have drama right you know they're Mm -hmm. just like relationships so like you know one person wants one thing one person wants another so yeah yeah there's I mean, like through high school and college, you know, definitely learned a lot about like how to deal with people and how to, you know, make sure everyone's voice gets heard. Because when you're when you're in a band, like it's very important that like everyone um, gets their say and doesn't feel uh, left out of the decision making process. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I kind of realized after a certain point that like I didn't want to have to compromise create creatively um, that like if there was a song I was trying to write. I just want to write that song. Um, I don't want to have to like blend that with the song that guy's writing and the song mm-hmm. that guy's writing. Sure. I kind of want to just see it through. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I, yeah, that's I still absolute. use collaborators though. <laughs> like I bring out my friends as, as producers um, mm-hmm. for certain tracks to just kind of help me get like the flavor. Right. You know, cause I, you know, working alone gets tiresome, but I kind of, yeah. Absolutely. And that sort of ambition towards have having to create a song and in the process of creating it, you know, sometimes there are those emotions that you just need to get out and, you know, you're not looking for other people's input. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes I'll have an idea and I'm like, what do you think would be cool with this? And, and someone will come up with something that I would have never thought of and it makes it better. Mm-hmm. Other times I'm like, I know exactly what I want this to sound like. And um, I just want to do it that way, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So you did mention that you've been working with uh, a couple other musicians uh, to do like live performances and stuff. And then you also hinted at the fact that uh, through, you know, the past year, you've been kind of focusing more on solo writing. Uh, How have you found the process of writing and recording individually versus working with uh, your fellow musicians? 
when when I started, you know, cause after COVID started, like there was a while that like I really wasn't playing with any other musicians. Mm-hmm. So the, like the first time I'd like got together and jammed with people, it was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like forgot how this felt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there is a certain magic to having people just playing music in a room together. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but I mean, it's I've been really diving into the production end of things and just learning about how all that works. And I just, it's, it's taught me so much more about music in general because I'm, I'm crafting everything to sound like exactly how I want it to sound and learning how to translate what's in my head, you know, uh, into the real world. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's just, there's value to both processes. Um, definitely. So, um, uh, so I guess the question I'm trying to ask is with the way that you've been solo writing and, uh, in our current state of things, are you looking more like, um, you know, your trickle of content where you're putting out a song every month or so, or are you kind of like building up content to do like a full EP solo release kind of thing? Well, yeah. So what I'm in the middle of right now actually is that, um, I, I, I'm kind of just like in this process of, of releasing singles, like one every month or couple months. Mm-hmm. But um, I have been working on, on an EP, um, like since like right before I moved to uh, Los Angeles and it's all finished now. It's a five song EP. Mm-hmm. Um, so the single that just came out and the one that's coming out two weeks from today are both from that EP. So, um, so like, you know, like, I, I, I'm releasing one night a month after out of my head. And then a month after that, uh, in June, the, the full EP is going to drop. Um, the concept behind that is that, you know, I just went through like a big breakup. Um, mm-hmm. I, I broke up with my fiance right before I moved to uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on the phone with, uh, this guy, Garrett, who, who does uh, all my mastering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of joking, like, Oh, I should have like, one song for each of the stages of grief and he was like no I, you should do that actually that's a cool idea it is yeah <laughs> um so i was like oh okay and then like i i went through with it i, I didn't really write the songs with like okay i'm gonna write the denial song now i just kind of <laughs> chose the material that i was writing that kind of fit the mold of like the story i wanted to tell Sure. And so uh, to go backwards a little, um, you did mention that you went to Berkeley and then you moved out to Los Angeles. Um, Mm -hmm. What was like the motivation to make that move? Was it just natural? That's what you wanted to do? Or was there more like subtext to it? Well, I mean, I I needed a fresh start. Um, uh, Things just weren't panning out for me in Boston. And I had some friends here already. Mm -hmm. And I knew like, okay, you know, pursuing music it's smart to go to one of the three hubs. You got mm-hmm. New York, Nashville, and LA. Mm-hmm. New York, don't don't want to deal with New York <laughs> living, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just yep. how expensive everything is. Having a car there would be just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Nashville is not like 100% my vibe. So it was like, okay, LA. Definitely. Uh, that, you know, is a wise career move for that. You know, on a completely different uh outside tangent it is very different uh you know looking at the new york driving scene versus the los angeles driving scene where mm-hmm. in new york since everything is so expensive they kind of steer where steer away from you know individual like car ownership and then in la it's a completely different scene where everybody's about cars except they're like a similarly populated area yeah but <laughs> 
Yeah, you would not want to have a car in New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so not that having a car here is that great, but <laughs> right, right, definitely. So, uh, what are some of your ambitions looking forward? Like, what what do you want to accomplish with uh, participating in music? Um, well, you know, I I want this to be like my main focus. Like right now, I'm doing this and and I'm teaching uh, teaching music, um, which you know, like that's cool, but. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to to go on tour and to make music that's really gonna connect with people. And I, you know, and like there, you know, as a musician, you kind of got to have these multiple streams of income. Like I'm probably gonna have mm-hmm. like a little bit of teaching, a little bit of production work here and there. But mm. I just I want to make music that really like matters to the people who listen to it. Um, and you know, I I think just like the the ultimate goal is that when I'm feeling you know really kind of shitty and alone in the world and i put an emotion into a song that maybe someone else who's feeling the same way can hear that and be like and you know feel feel less alone Mm -hmm. you know i I think you know that's what my favorite bands have done for me Mm -hmm. and that's what i want to be able to do for other people at the end of the day definitely that's awesome so what are some like really important things that have happened to you surrounding music like memories that really stand out that keep you motivated to like keep making music whether it be you know playing a show or or going to a show yeah i mean (laughs) when playing shows was a thing you know that (laughs) when you Mm -hmm. get like the right crowd on the right night like you know there's no better feeling than Mm -hmm. you know just like what's in the air like at a live show um so can you repeat the question again (laughs) uh essentially i was just uh asking you to share a couple stories that um you know you encountered personally about those things yeah um well one thing that comes to mind that sort of like put things in perspective for me was um that my band that i was in in college uh, the cotones um we got the opportunity to work with steve albini um who'd like, you know, produced uh, Nirvana's in, in utero and some mm-hmm. stuff for the Pixies. And, you know, he's, you know, he, he's a legend, but. Sure, um, Cannon Falls, Minnesota. It's right down the <laughs> road from where I am. <laughs> but um, when I was in the room with him, I was just like shitting my pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I was just terrified. And, but like, at the same time, I realized like, he's just a guy, like, he's just a guy standing there. Um, Mm-hmm. I remember I asked him, like, you know, like what he thought of my guitar sound, and he was like, "Sounds like a guitar." And then he, <laughs> then he walked away. Nice. <laughs> and he he kind of taught me a lot about how, um, like th- there's just a certain energy in a room in a moment that when when you record, and if you're doing your job, then you're figuring out how to capture that. Um, and put it into some sort of tangible form in the final recording where you can feel that, that energy of like, you know, that certain take, or, you know, if you're playing live with the band, like how it just felt to be in the room with that band, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, the production process, it's like you have this thing that you're shooting for and it has to go through all these different channels. So you're just trying to make sure that as much as your, of your intent, uh, gets across, uh, as possible. Sure, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, sessions worked with him. And then there was another um, producer that, that we worked with while we were at Berkeley uh, named Joel Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's produced like Highly Suspect and Tom Waits, you know, a bunch sure. of people. Um, and he really um, taught me a lot. He, he came from a totally different sort of 
perspective um, from from Steve Albini's, where Steve Albini was more of like, let's just you know capture it the way that it sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, he was more of like, let's make sure we're crafting it so that it you know sounds a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. And he really kind of taught me about like people's expectations because um, at the time, like the, the the song that we were recording, like we had played a bunch, so mm-hmm. everyone was kind of like taking liberties and you know doing extra shit everywhere and he you know he he stopped us and made the point of like you you have to before you add all these little variations and extra colors like you you have to establish for the listener like what is your main idea what Mm -hmm. is the main melody that needs to be stuck in their head and then you can start you know but but you know it's all about like that that contrast um and to and to get um your intent to come across he Mm -hmm. he talked about um as you put it, eliminating the variables. So all mm-hmm. the things that could be making it sound worse, you know, you just you want to take those things away. You know, like if you're, I don't, it, it depends on what you're trying to go for. Cause sometimes you want to record with a click. Sometimes you don't, but mm-hmm. it's like it, what's more important, like the, the melody and rhythms coming through clearly or the sort of flow of time, you know, speeding up and slowing down. Sure. Um, you, you, you know, it, it, it depends on what you're going for. I'm kind of, blabbering on now but um yeah just <laughs> working with producers like that um just kind of like open my eyes to just like you know what's just what's possible sure and that's that's a a very stark contrast between the two ideas that you represented versus you know recording what's in the room versus recording to you know the audience expectation uh you know those are very obviously two different things and finding a way to mix those two things together is a very unique artistic outlook on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's balance in all things, right? Definitely. Uh, so I want to give you the opportunity to put out, uh, some, you know, plugs for stuff you're working on. Where can people go and click on stuff and listen to what you're working on? Yeah, sure. So, um, you can go to my website, ryanbale.com. Um, if you go to ryanbale.com slash music, um, I have a little, um, page set up where um, all the singles I've released so far um, have little uh, streamable links and I have just a little bit written about uh, each song in the process. Um, got all my music videos on there and stuff too. Um, but yeah, you can check me out if you look up just my name, Ryan Bale on Spotify. Um, I should come up. Um, my latest single that came out was uh, Out of My Head. It's got like a bit of like Nine Inch Nails inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next one is going to be One Night, um, which is a little more like of like an Oasis sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to come out uh, two weeks from today. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so I was oh, like, also to... at, at Ryan Bale Music for Instagram and, and TikTok. And yeah. Of course. Of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, of so course. <laughs> I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to, you know, put out a message, something that resonates with you that, you know, you just want to express. Um, I guess like maybe I just want to say something to everyone else out there who's like creative and feeling kind of um just like not motivated. Um you know this th- this shit's been hard over the last year. Um but you know like we we all got into um doing music or art or whatever it is because because we love it and it's important to remember to enjoy the process um of making it whatever's possible at the moment um not just being focused on, on the end goal 
um, that's advice that I should probably take. Um, yeah. <laughs>